We're on a boat, a bunch of sailors running around, and there's people dressed in Twinkie wrappers and running around, and it's kind of chaos. This is a fun thing we do, right? The opener, something we show to everybody as you guys come in here. It's kind of to set the stage for the rest of the week. Um, This year, we're going to be going through the book of Daniel in the Bible, and I'm super excited about where we're going to be heading uh, in the Bible. We've got an amazing speaker this week. His name is Darren McWaters. Uh, He's awesome. You guys are going to spend all week with him. But I wanted us to know... And I wanted you guys to know what we're going to be asking of you this week, because many of you guys probably didn't even know you're at a Christian camp. I know we say that every every year. You guys are like, we definitely knew we were coming to a Christian camp. It's Hume Lake. Everyone posts selfies by the lake, and they say, hashtag Hume, Hume forever, whatever. Many of you guys knew that you were coming to a Christian camp, but many of you, it's your first time, right? So you're trying to figure out what's going on. Simply... What Hume is, is a place where we open up God's word and we teach from it. And you guys get to come into this chapel in the mornings and then you come into this chapel in the evenings and you hear from the Lord and you worship together. Worship is just us singing songs to the Lord. And then through the course of the week, you guys will have different opportunities to gather with your, with your cabins and kind of discuss what you guys are going to be talking about. And I'm really excited that you're here. I'm excited that you guys have kind of left all the distractions of normal life to come up here. Many of you guys who have been up here before know that this is a place where it's, where it's kind of removed, right? It's removed from your day to day. You get to, to put your phone away and you get to actually open up God's word and you get to allow, it, it speaks to you. And so that's what's gonna happen this week and I'm really, really excited. Can I pray for us? And then we'll head into the rest of this evening. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just pray for, I pray for the students in this room and I ask that you would speak to them through your word. God, this week we have such an amazing opportunity to go through Daniel and to learn what it means to live a life that is only for you. And so, God, I pray tonight that these words would not be my words, but, Lord, that they would come from you. And Holy Spirit, would you just be working in these students' lives? God, I pray that we would be able to focus, um, Lord, that the everyday distractions that so easily entangle us, God, that we would be able to put those away. And for the students that are here for the first time, Lord, I pray that you would do a mighty work in their hearts. And for the students that have been here for the hundredth time, Lord, and still don't know you, God, I pray that you would soften their heart this week. Lord, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, well, I told you guys my name just a moment ago. My name is Mikey Portis. This is my second year as a camp director here in Ponderosa. Um, and this is my second summer spending here with you guys. Just a little bit about me. I got married back in 2021 uh, to my wife named Susan. She's actually over in Wagon Train right now, and she's running the Wagon Train camp. How many of you guys have been to Wagon Train? Some of you guys. She's helping run Wagon Train over there. And uh, a little bit about my life. I, um, I gave my life to the Lord when I was young, and I've just been following him ever since. And 
obviously there's been a lot of ups and downs and there's been a lot of moments in my life where I've questioned the Lord. And maybe you find yourself in this moment trying to figure out, man, whether or not you actually believe this thing. And I'm glad you're here. And I'm specifically glad that you're here as we go through Daniel. So if you guys have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Daniel chapter three. Daniel chapter three. And if you guys do not have a Bible, I would love to get you guys one after chapel. There's gonna be tons of Bibles in the back um, and we want you guys to have a Bible. So if you don't have one, please after chapel, head to the back, grab a Bible. We're gonna be in God's word all week long. Daniel chapter three. Give me a thumbs up when you guys are there. Awesome. Before we read, before we spend some time in Daniel, it's going to be verse 14 through 18. You're probably trying to understand, like I said earlier, what happened on stage. And basically, we're trying to set up the story of Daniel in a creative way. You saw the Omnians. We were dressed as sailors, right? We're prancing around the stage. And then you saw the trashers come in from the back, and they're supposed to overtake us. And essentially what that is, is just an analogy for the book of Daniel. What happens in the book of Daniel when the Hebrew nation, Israel, was taken into captivity by the Babylonians? They were overtaken. And so that's what we were depicting on stage tonight. And Daniel and his friends were forced to live in this world that was completely foreign to them. A lot of these guys, a lot of these guys like Daniel, and a lot of these guys like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, would have had no idea what was going on. The Babylonians come in and they take everything that they know, all of it. And if you know anything about the Bible, there's a rich history of the Hebrew nation. They followed after God. They obeyed his laws. And now all of that has been stripped away. And it's as if their identities have been stripped from them. And they feel lost. And they don't really know what to do. And in the book of Daniel, we see Daniel and his friends while all this is going on, and while they're worshiping these other gods, they knew who they were. They knew that they were worshipers of Yahweh, and they knew they served one God and one God only. Let's read this, Daniel three fourteen through 18. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now, if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music to fall down and worship the image that I have made, well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, I love this, but if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image you have set up. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are faced with this kind of thing constantly. And you'll read that in the first six chapters of Daniel as Darren goes over it. And you'll see time and time again 
that Daniel and his friends do not give into the culture around them. You guys live in an interesting time, and the main question we're going to be asking you as we go through the book of Daniel is how can you be a resilient believer in a culture that is hostile toward Christianity? How can you live resiliently with resilience as a believer while you're in this culture that is hostile towards what you believe? As we were talking about this, this theme, a lot of the camp directors from these different camps at Hume met together and we were talking about what we wanted to talk about. Last year we talked about this theme on truth and it was truth be told. How many of you guys were there for a truth be told? We worked and we, we went through the book of John and as we went through the book of John, we talked about what does it mean when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We live in a world where truth is relative and you get to choose what you believe and whatever you choose you believe ends up being the truth. And we know that Jesus Christ himself opposed that very idea by saying, I am the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. You don't get to decide what is truth. I decide because I am the truth. And while many of us maybe believe that, right, many of us Christians who call Jesus Christ our Lord, many of us believe that. But the moment we go home, we understand that in our minds Jesus, you're the way, the truth, and the life. The moment we go home, we stand in the middle of this world that is just throwing temptations our way. And as we were talking about this as a group of camp directors, we started doing, we started doing some reading. We started reading this article, and this article was done by this Barna research group, and they researched Christians. And basically, the main premise of this article was the fact that we are living in a digital Babylon that many of us are just surrounded and inundated with so much information. And in this article, it said the average American teenager spends between seven and eight hours on their phone a day. Seven and eight hours a day. And that might not just be social media, but that's just screen time, right? And so when you think about your schedule, when you think about the day-to-day, when you wake up in the morning, you eat your breakfast, you go to school, you're there for six hours, you come home, maybe you have sports practice or maybe you have work, then you get home late and you have to do homework, and then all of a sudden you're tired and you're ready for bed. How is it that we're spending eight hours a day on our phone? And this isn't, a, this isn't a sermon to tell us to throw our phones in the trash, but this is just a wake-up call to recognize where we're at in our world today with the inventions of AI and ChatGPT and all this different stuff, how can we truly live for God in this modern age? Right, and it seems like the issues that we are facing today are brand new. Like this has, this has, this has never happened before in the history of our world. But the truth is, is that there is a tale, old as time, I didn't mean to quote Beauty and the Beast there, but I did. But there is a book that's been preaching the same message, and that is the fact that Christians will face trouble. And there is going to be different, then those troubles are gonna look different from generation to generation. But at the same time, this is the same thing that Daniel faced, and that is why we're going through the book of Daniel. And that is why we're gonna look at his life. There are, there are a lot of things that you can take away from this week. And I know there's, there's, there's probably a lot that's gonna be thrown at you and you're gonna try and understand. 
But the one thing, and if, it's, if there's anything that you can take away from this message, the one thing that I want you guys to understand is how to live resiliently for God in this hostile world. Many of you, and I ask this question because I know that I've had conversations even just last year with students. Many of you feel like, I get this, right? I get this Christian thing. Look, I've been taught it my whole life. I get it. I understand it. But it feels impossible to live for the Lord. It truly feels like there's distraction after distraction, temptation after temptation. It truly just feels impossible. And if there is anything that we can get from the book of Daniel, anything at all, it's that it's not. It's that you can live for the Lord in this culture. You can live for the Lord at your schools that are telling you stuff that, it's exa- that directly oppose everything you learn up here. You can live for the Lord while you're on your phone. You can do it. And it requires conviction. It requires drawing lines in the sand as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego do in this moment. They're presented before this massive idol, this massive statue, and Nebuchadnezzar is this crazy man. You guys will learn more about him. He's insane. But he's this king. And he's commanding Daniel, not Daniel, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to bow before this idol. And what do they say? They say, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. We have no need to answer you in this matter. What are they saying? They're saying, we can't. We don't have the option to bow down to your idol. Why? because my God prohibits it. Could you imagine living with that type of conviction? Many of us as Christians don't even know what we believe. We're kind of in this gray area. We got one foot in and one foot out, and we struggle to even come up with arguments when our friends ask us, or maybe your friends don't ask you, but you're in conversations with your friends, and they're trying to understand what you believe and you don't really give them clear answers and you maybe pick and choose what you want from this book and some things you really, really like about this book, you love the gospels, you love certain things, but when it comes to the Old Testament, you're like, eh, I don't know about that. And so much of what we study in this book is left up to our own interpretation. And as a result, we're left not really knowing what we believe. Are you tired of not really knowing what you believe? Are you tired of having one foot in and one foot out? Are you tired of leaving this place, leaving Hume Lake as you do year after year, and a week in, you fall into the same things that you always have fallen into? One of the things that I love about studying the book of Daniel is that Daniel, he doesn't really preach at you, right, when he's writing this. Daniel wrote this. He doesn't preach at you. What does he do? He shows you. He tells you. The book of Daniel tells you how to live. It shows you. He wasn't all talk. Daniel lived it out. How many of you guys know people that are all talk? You're like, yeah, this guy sitting right next to me is all talk. (laughs) You guys know people that are all talk. Maybe they're like talking about the fact that they're going to take you in Kajabi this week or whatever. But... Or maybe they're all talk because they're a Lakers fan. But listen, 
Go sons. <laughs> oh man. Hey, listen. There are so many, there are so many Christians like this. There are so many Christians like this. All talk. They understand a lot about the word. And maybe you're one of them. Maybe you know this front to back. You know the story of Daniel. You've been, you remember the veggie tales, the bunny, the bunny. Oh, I love the bunny. You remember all of that, right? Some of you guys are like, what the heck is this guy talking? Um, you know this front to back. When it comes to actually demonstrating it, the truth, right? We're talking about, last year we are talking about truth. You understand Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. When it comes to actually living it, it's like an uphill battle. You've got friends in a completely different place, and you're, trying, you're struggling. You're like, man, I really want to tell them about the Lord, but I'm scared. And you're in sports teams, and I know how that can be. Your sports teams can be very influential in your life. And so as we study Daniel, we're going to see somebody who walked the walk and didn't just talk the talk. He lived it out. He demonstrated it. One of the craziest things that I think I think of it as Christians today is, is the fact that, I was talking about this earlier, but a lot of Christians don't know what they believe. And it, it really comes down to this word conviction. Conviction. We study the word of God and we study Daniel. We look at a man who was convicted, who lived a life of conviction. And he knew what he believed. And he knew his God. And he knew his God was in control. And he was convinced of it. That word conviction comes from the word convinced. Are you convinced of this? Daniel over and over again was convinced that his God would save him. Whether he was in the lion's den or whether he was going to be killed for not being able to interpret Nebuchadnezzar's dream. He was convinced of his God and who he was. Are you convinced? Without a shadow of the doubt, do you know him? Do you know his word and you say, my God's word says this, therefore, it's true. We have convictions about so many different things and funny things, right? We have convictions about, you know, our favorite basketball team. We have convictions about who the goat is in a specific sport. We have convictions about all these different things. And, and it's funny because we have convictions about those things, but when it comes to the things that actually matter, like God's word, we don't really know, right? We don't, we don't really have convictions. We're not convinced of this. It's not something that we're like, this is everything. And I want you guys to grow in your convictions. It doesn't mean that you'll never doubt another day in your life. But that means through it all, when you, what you see on the news, TikTok, Instagram, whatever it might be, Whatever you see going on in the world, it feels like the world's in crisis. You know your God, and you know what he says in his word. And that's why I'm excited that you guys are here. The last thing I'll say is this. Daniel spent his entire life in exile. His entire life, he was away from what he knew best. Daniel was, like I said, a Hebrew at the beginning of this. He part of Judah. He was taken into captivity and he was being educated by Babylonians 
when he was being asked to eat certain things by the Babylonians. He was being asked to worship their gods. And in fact, we'll talk about this a little bit tomorrow, but they, they were given new names. Daniel was given a name, Belteshazzar. And, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those aren't their Hebrew names. And those names within them talk about the Babylonian gods. One of them, I think, has their name is the wife of the dragon. And there's, it is a completely different world that Daniel and his friends are in. Think about that. He spent his entire life in exile, and he lived faithfully for the Lord. He never compromised. How can we expect to remain steadfast if we see this place as our home? How can we do that? How can we live for the Lord when all these things around us entice us so much and we forget that one day we are going to stand before Jesus? Daniel knew that. He knew where his home was. It wasn't wherever he was physically. Daniel spent his life on his knees in prayer, honoring the Lord, saying no, drawing a line in the sand, saying, I'm not gonna cross over that. Throughout the course of the week, you guys are gonna see some videos. And like I was explaining earlier, they're gonna be creative, fun videos. And they're gonna kind of show this story in, a, in, a, in a, an analogy kind of way. And you're gonna see, you know, Nebuchadnezzar. And you're gonna see Darlene, who's our Daniel character. And you're gonna see Sherman, who is supposed to represent Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And you're gonna see all of that play out. And I challenge you guys, as you guys are watching those videos, don't just watch them and laugh or whatever you might do. But think about how this applies to your life. How is what Darlene is facing, what Daniel faced, how is that applicable to your own life? And how can you learn and grow this week? And then after those videos, like I said, Darren's gonna come up and he's gonna preach the word, and I'm so excited. But my one prayer for you, one prayer, and the one thing that I, and I'll say this again, that you take away from this time and the rest of the week is that you'd be asking yourself the question, how can I live resiliently? I'm tired of seeing my friends come to Hume Lake, maybe stand up on a decision night, and then when it's all said and done in a few years, they're living completely different lives. I'm tired of seeing that. It's time to wake up. It's time to remove ourselves from the distractions. Can we do that this week? Okay, let me pray for us. And then Sarah's gonna come up here. Lord Jesus, you are in control. And God, we're all the distractions that are surrounding us and we get to spend a, a week up here at Hume. And God, I pray that you would convict us, Lord. God, for those of us that don't really know you, God, I pray that you would soften our hearts. And Lord, I just pray for the stuff that these students have to face, the temptation of their phones and the temptation of being 
around their friends and all the things that surround them. God, I just pray that they would be men and women of conviction. God, would you give them a heart to know you more? And Lord, just for the small moments of, of alone time that we have, God, I pray that we would focus our hearts and our minds on you and as we're about in creation. God, would you just reveal more, more of who you are to us? We get to see you written across the sky. We get to see you in the trees and in the mountains. We get to see your handiwork. And Lord, I just pray for Darren as he speaks this week. God, I pray that you would fill him with your words and your spirit. And God, I pray for the worship team as well as they lead these students in worship. God, may we worship you passionately. God, we may, may we actually recognize that the words that we're singing are truth found in your word. And God, that we would fight to pay attention in chapel this week. Lord, I pray that we'd have a fun time doing rec and free time. And God, that you would give us rest. <laughs> Lord, we thank you so much for this evening. We pray for the rest of the night. In Jesus' name, amen.